Welcome to Profiles in Hope, a podcast ministry of Hope Presbyterian Church in Columbus, Ohio. Each week we share God's story in our sermon podcast, but every so often we want to make room for people to share their story and how it fits into God's story. We hope this conversation encourages you and that you realize that with God, hope is more than just wishful thinking. Hey friends, before we get started, I would like to introduce myself and reintroduce this podcast. My name is Joe Hack, pastor at Hope Presbyterian Church. I'd like to remind you uh, that I am not a professional podcast host or producer, but I do love interesting conversations and especially when they involve God. And this podcast is basically an excuse to do that. Hope has a sermon podcast where we basically publish our Sunday sermons, but every once in a while, and when I say that, I mean one time before now, uh, we like to host conversations with people we know telling stories about how God is at work in their lives. And that's what this podcast is. It's called Profiles in Hope because they are profiles of ordinary people like you and like me uh, who have tasted the extraordinary hope that God offers. And we like to say often that hope is not just wishful thinking. Hope is a very, um, it's a very biblical word that means the the certainty that God gives us that in the end, he will make all things new. And so we think sharing these stories uh, has a cascading effect uh, to all who listen Uh, The last time we did this, it was the beginning of the pandemic, about nearly a year ago. It seems like a lot's changed since then, and yet, to be honest, not much has changed since then. Uh, But one new exciting change has happened, and it's that our church, Hope, is casting vision for the future of our church. We're calling it Hope 2031. Because we're trying to, uh, we're really trying our best to look into the future 10 years out and describe what we see. So basically, if you could travel in time and catch a glimpse of our church in 2031, catch a glimpse of this city in 2031, uh, the Ohio State campus, and you're able to spend a good solid week, not just worshiping with us, but rubbing shoulders with the people who are a part of this church. And then you were writing down notes and taking them back to your present self in 2021. What would you see? What would this church be about? And that's what we're talking about as a church uh, these days. And we anticipate that there would be about seven key distinctives. And one of those things that we've begun talking about is the centrality of vocation. Vocation has always been an important word and concept to us as a church, but we are going, we hope to see it grow in its significance for our church in the coming years. Uh, So quite simply, vocation means calling. It comes from the Latin word for call. And we think at our church that every human has uh, a call and every human is responding and doing everything, filtering all of their decisions, major and minor, in their life through the grid of a call on their life. 
And we as a church just want to make sure that that call is God's call. And when we can connect all of our life to God's voice, we think amazing things can happen. And so I have with me Aaron Badenhop, who is a leader at our church, an elder, but so much more than that. And to unpack this idea of vocation and why it might be an important thing for us as a church, uh, we have Aaron with us. Uh, so, hey, Aaron. Hey, thanks glad to be for, here for sure. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for subjecting yourself to this podcast. We appreciate <laughs> it. Um, could you let listeners know a bit more about who you are and what you're up to these days? Yeah, thanks, Joe. I think a good way for me to start letting people know who I am, I think, is is maybe to go back in time a bit in my story. Um, I grew up in Northwest Ohio. I'm a transplant plant to Columbus. Yeah. Um, and uh, I grew up in a family that went to church regularly. And overall, I had a positive experience in the church that I grew up in. I learned about the Bible. I learned to respect Jesus. Um, and a lot of people there were very, very nice and very loving people. So I had overall a positive experience in the church that I grew up in. However, I, by the time I got to be middle to late teenage years, I really began to question whether or not uh, faith was something relevant for me. Mm-hmm. I actually remember um, being in town with with friends and thinking to myself, gosh, I don't really know if people my age, as we get older, are going to be a part of church, are going to take religion, are going to take Christianity seriously, uh, because it seems so irrelevant. Uh, It seems so pious. It seems so theoretical. It seemed like uh, this is what good people do to to follow irrelevant rules. Uh, (laughs) Faith faith did not seem relevant to the football locker room in high school, right? So um, by the time I got to college, uh, it was really easy to sort of forget the faith background that I was brought up in. And I, it was just easy to embrace what others were doing around me, as, as often happens for many college students. I uh, came down to Columbus to go to OSU and really got into the party scene and uh, was making decisions that uh, really could have put me on a pretty, pretty poor pr- pr- trajectory for my life. Uh, but thankfully, there were some students involved in the Christian ministry that I work now for called Crew, who reached out to me and um, explained, maybe like connected some dots that I was missing in my picture of what it meant to be a Christian and shared the gospel in a way that I really needed to hear as a college freshman. And that really changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, by the time I graduated from Ohio State, I realized that I wanted to be involved in vocational ministry, uh, ended up moving to Brazil for a couple of years, working as a missionary in Sao Paulo, Brazil, have come back to Columbus to be on staff at Ohio State with Crew, and have been doing that now for the last 15 years. Uh, Crew is an interdenominational Christian ministry that's been at OSU actually since 1957, so we have quite a track record. Wow. Um, but the 
the main focus what we try to do is evangelism and discipleship. We're, we want to help people to hear about who Jesus is and all that he's done for us. We want to help Christian students to grow closer to him and their faith and to, to just uh, become more mature disciples through the course of college. Um, so that's uh, the crew part. Um, in the course of these last years, we created something recently called the Thompson Institute. And this is a program of crew. And the reason we created this program is because what we noticed is that um, students' involvement with crew was something that they did sort of on the periphery of their life. It was um, and, and crew tends to be a student organization that is sort of on the side on the periphery of the university, but it's not really at the center of what people are there to do, which is <laughs> to study and learn and get a degree so that they can move on to the next phase of their, of their lives. And, um, and I, I began to wonder how many Christian students didn't really have heroes to look up to in the actual academic disciplines that they were studying. They had lots of good Christian friends and they had mentors sort of outside of their academic studies that were very, very good and helpful. But did they have people they, they could look up to within what they're actually studying uh, that helped them to see that Christianity and, and, and Jesus Christ was relevant to that area of study? And how many, Christ, how many non-Christian students um, actually sort of easily dismissed Christ and the claims of the Christian faith partly because the way that the secular university is set up is it, it assumes that life without reference to God is how things ought to be in our public spaces in our, in our country. Uh, and so, um, and that, that was a, a challenge, a bother to me also. So we, we've been building a network of Christian faculty and in, in a lot of different academic disciplines and um, trying to bring them together and also get them involved in, in ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a little bit the, about the Thompson Institute. And then also wear another hat with uh, the Christian Medical and Dental Association in Columbus. And um, that is an organization that tries to be a spiritual resource to students in healthcare, medical college, dentistry, optometry, um, even other healthcare colleges, but then also is a network of practitioners, of people who are attending physicians, dentists, optometrists, wanting for them to have a, a place to have fellowship and to connect. And um, yeah, it's a unique, healthcare is a unique industry. It's a unique field. And to have like-minded people who uh, are people of faith is, is important. So that's another uh, hat that I wear working with that organization here in the city. And then lastly, uh, I'm also a doctor of ministry student in leadership and spiritual formation at Portland Seminary of George Fox University. Um, and basically, uh, I'm studying right now, I'm doing research on what does it look like for Christian faculty to have a more robust integration of faith and work that would lead to greater witness for Christ in the university space. So that's kind of a very long winded answer no. to, to your question of who am I? <laughs> no, I'm glad it was long winded because it was all very good. So uh, you, you say you wear a lot of different hats, but on, uh, and that's true in one respect, but as I'm listening, I'm also noticing that all of those hats have a similar uh, makeup or they all have a similar uh, fabric, if you will. 
uh, a lot of them tend to be on the one hand passionate about, I think, connecting folks, especially students, but now even faculty to, um, to Jesus, <laughs> just what it means to be in discipleship to him and what the abundant life with Jesus would look like um, in their life. And yet you also seem to be uh, connecting that walk with Jesus to the very like day in day out um, activities that they are up to. So whether it's the students studying and uh, taking part in school to get a degree, which would generate a job perhaps, or uh, some kind of vocation um, or the professor who is actually doing their trade. Um, and then with the medical professionals, uh, they're, they're doing their trade. And so there seems to be this interesting, and, I, and dare I say it, even like a, a countercultural kind of blending of, of both faith and what we do or our work, whether it's paid or unpaid. And so could you talk a bit more about that? And I guess I'll ask it this way. Has that always been a target for you? Has that always been an interest to you? Something you knew kind of when you're, when you're setting out to do ministry, that this is something that I would love to see connect um, such that you're now studying it and you're uh, at Portland seminary, or is this something that came upon you uh, later in your life? Um, I'd love to hear you talk about that. Yeah. It's, I would say that what, as I started in vocational ministry, it was not really on my radar at all. Um, in fact, if I'm completely honest, there's probably a part of me at that time that might've had the perspective that a serious focus on the integration of faith and work could actually be distracting to living a life on mission. Yeah. And part of the reason that I would, that I might've thought that way is because I think I had a very limited perspective of what mission is. So I've been thinking about what you've been saying frequently in Sunday morning sermons and you've been referencing Christopher Wright, who is a Old Testament scholar who has written amazing books on the mission of God and the mission of God's people uh, for for his church. And you have been saying over and over again, and I've kind of wondered if people are tired of you saying it, but I'm glad you keep repeating it because <laughs> what you've been saying is that um, God doesn't have a mission for his church. He has a church for his mission. And it's very possible that people could miss why you're doing that. And this is why I think you're doing it. I think you're doing it because you recognize that there traditionally has been a sacred secular divide in post enlightenment, uh, modern culture. And if we think that God just has a mission for his church, well, what if we, um, unintentionally perceive that church is only like a, a slice of the big pie of our life? What if we conceive of church to be something that we do on Sunday mornings, maybe 20% of our existence is, as human beings? Well, if that's the case, then if the, the breadth of the mission that God gives his church is just for that 20% pie, that's a pretty limited mission. But if God has a mission that he invites his church into, what that means is that God is up to something in every square inch of the universe. That he, he 
has a plan of renewal and redemption that is so much bigger and so much more mysterious and so significant that we can't even fully wrap our minds around the, the, um, the amazing mission that God is, is inviting us into. Um, and so the, the reason that, that um, I'm even interested in the intersection of faith and work is not because I think it's a cool niche thing for us to study and talk about. For me, it's a means to an end. And the end is the mission of God. And in this mission of God, we see a future where God promises in Revelation that new Jerusalem will come down out of heaven. There will be a renewed heaven, like a new earth or a new earth, a new heavens and a new earth. And what that means is that like what we do actually matters for, for eternity, that the gospel is not a message where we just have faith in Christ and wait until we die so that we can live a, a disembodied as a disembodied soul in heaven forever. But if it's true that Jesus is reappearing and that he's renewing creation, the things that we do in our lives in this world matter, not just a little bit here and now, but could matter for eternity. Um, things that we might consider uh, on the surface to be secular things could be things that if they're done in faith and if they're done for the, for the goodness of, uh, for the common good, you know, like those, those things can last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that transcends our idea of work and it tra- transcends, it, it transforms our idea of discipleship. But secondly, it also actually helps us to be who God's calling us to be. It helps us the integrating faith and work helps us to be people who can um, represent well who God is to the world. If we think about it this way, like God wants us to be a mirror. He wants us to reflect his character, his nature to the world. But if we leave Jesus at home, when we go to our workspaces, uh, and which where we spend most of our, of our waking life, mm-hmm. then um, we are not actually fulfilling who God's calling us to be. So, so we really have to do well at thinking about what does it look like that Jesus is Lord of my workplace, of my work life, of the, this um, vocation that I'm, that I'm a part of. Uh, that, that's a really important question mm-hmm. for us to, to, to wrestle with. Um in part because God wants to use us as his people to represent who he is to the, to the world. So I care about this because I care about God's mission, basically. Yeah. Amen. That's great. And, you know, it strikes me as a campus pastor that most the time, and I myself was involved in campus ministry, so guilty as charged, but most of the time we go in thinking, how can uh, how can we connect this student to Jesus and to discipleship with Jesus? We teach them how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to share Jesus with others. Uh, we connect them to life-giving worship experiences and in uh, worshiping communities, the church. And, uh, and we want them to plug in uh, to our ministry. We want them to plug into their local church ministry. 
And then by the time that they're done with doing all those things, you know, they're flunking out of college <laughs> and they're flunking out of college to the glory of God. Right. So there's a sense in which, um, uh, you know, we've like, usually when we go into campus ministry, we think how, you know, how can I connect them to Jesus? But we don't really say, how can we connect Jesus to what they're studying uh, or maybe to the things that uh, the professor themselves are teaching or uh, perhaps even the professor's faith themselves. And, and so I think, I think it's uh, amazing that, that you are on the front edge of, of kind of building this bridge. Um, And so why I would love to hear you just say kind of more about a little bit more what you were sharing about why you think it's important to, to do that, to equip students to think of their discipleship with Jesus um, kind of in the classroom and even beyond the graduation stage. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll do my best to answer. Yeah. Be- before I go into answering your question, I wanted to give a little bit of context because um, I think there's actually a really good we- reason why uh, this has been a weakness of various campus ministries uh, historically uh, I think college is such a liminal time and uh, you have people leaving their homes, meeting new people. Yeah. Um, they are, if they're a Christian student, they are desperately looking for friends, for fellowship. Um, they want stability and security to help them to continue to grow in their faith. Uh, non-Christian students are coming to campus. Uh, this is also true of, of Christian students, but non-Christian students come to campus um, trying to figure out life, trying to figure yeah. out what they believe, why they believe it. Um, and so uh, to have a focus on evangelism and discipleship makes a lot of sense in light of the, the unique space yeah. that the university is. And uh, I, I think that's actually a really good thing. I don't want to lose those emphases, actually. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, that I think part of the problem with it is that we can have a, of a, a sense of discipleship of Christian students that uh, is a little bit short-sighted, um, that is not really full and robust because the way that we train them to think about being a disciple of Jesus really excludes questions about how this is relevant to all of their academic studies. And that, and that is short-sighted. And, and so uh, I do think it's, it's important to try to make those connections. Yeah. Um, in, In part, because we don't want to perpetuate the sacred secular divide. We don't want to help Christian students to think that faith is something that uh, can be relegated to the church activities that they show up to for the rest of their life. Right. While, while most of their waking hours are spent doing a job where they've not been trained to think at all about how Jesus is relevant to that part yeah. of their life. Um, that's not a super robust discipleship. So I, I don't think um, ministry like ours ought to do less evangelism and discipleship. If anything, in light of where 
so many of the challenges in our culture right now, it's like as much or more than ever would be great. Yeah. But I just like to have a little bit more robust, a little bit more, um, yeah, a little, a little bit more robust discipleship than what yeah. a traditional campus ministry has offered. Thanks for listening. For more resources like this, please visit our website at hopechurchcolumbus.org.